The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the first episode of Big News Coming Soon, a brand new podcast by me, Alan Clark, and Kieran O'Malley. How's everyone? The idea of this podcast came about really where you had a load of podcast equipment, I had a load of podcast equipment that we bought during lockdown because everyone who's anyone is buying podcast equipment. <laughs> and we decided, let's just team up together and do it together. Yeah, mine was gathering dust there for a while and chatting away. We said, why not? Let's give it a go. So I sold mine and done deal and we're using Kieran's. And I'm keeping the money. <laughs> And I apologise for the sound. The idea of big news coming soon, I suppose the name of the podcast just feeds on from everything that I've been doing on Instagram over the last few months. Yeah, we it did take us a while, in fairness, to come up with the name. You kept wanting to call it the Alan Clark podcast. But um, no, like this, absolutely, it feeds in. You've had great fun with that and great success with it. So why not use it as the name? <laughs> So that's a minute of quality content there. Tune in next week for more of the same. The Alan Clark Podcast. Never did I want to call it the Alan Clark Podcast. In fact, it was the opposite. We had some great suggestions on my Instagram page, um, but a lot of the a lot of the best names had already been used, like West Side Story. So I, I asked the question, what would you call a podcast? Two guys from the West of Ireland creating a podcast and... 
a really a lot of really good suggestions came in, but we couldn't use any of them. So we just kept with the big news coming soon. So tell me a little bit about Karen O'Malley then. What do you do for a crust? I work in marketing. I do a lot of social media for the Connacht Hospitality Group. So they're based in Galway City. People might know in Pucon, Hyde, Connacht Hotel, there's a golf club, there's loads of different properties. So marketing, PR, uh, but like the main focus is social media. So that's kind of what keeps me going. Bunny Condon man, but uh, living in Galway a good while now. So Anytime I see Karen O'Malley on Instagram, I just see you with really hot women and I'm like... What a dick. <laughs> I have to be honest, I'm just like, look at this dick. Well, like they're big into Bunny Conlon GA. Like, <laughs> that's who follows it. They come to all the matches and want to hang out with the sub goalie. So, I mean, what can I do? You know, you can't be breaking hearts all the time. Yeah, yeah I know. I have um, a lot of good mates. but And it's funny, and I suppose we'll get to this at some point. It's social media. So when I'm out with the lads, normal lads, not like you, we don't take selfies and we don't take too many pictures but then when you're out with the girls it's like a bloody photo shoot every single time so yeah everything that people do see on my social media is generally me and good looking girls but it's cause it's content for them not me in specific but it's just like yeah that's the world they're living in and because I'm working in social media I understand it and you know it's it's find it interesting and I've had a bit of crack with the whole influencer thing I haven't got to your level but uh, I have found it very very good what I do for my job it really helps us so now it's a sociable job but it's also very unsociable isn't it well it never switches off I suppose because you have like 64 social media accounts you're kind of always switched on you're always watching this morning driving down I was getting messages can you put up uh, they were doing lunch here today or you know there's room in this other place today so it never switches off but at the same time you know I I suppose I thrive on that and it's kind of find it interesting as well so you know it's a bit of crack no more than yourself you're always kind of you could be working any day of the week or especially when you were doing cookie like how did you find that you were all over the shop yeah, Cookie, honestly, it, uh, it nearly killed me. I'm not going to lie. It honestly... Drinking nearly... it or producing <laughs> it? <laughs> no, not, not drinking it, thank God, because we didn't get it until so late. I think it was the 1st of December we had the first uh, taste of the, the real stuff. Obviously, we had the samples that were sent over from Germany. But if for any new followers um, that don't know the story behind Cookie... I went on Instagram around June or July and did this kind of uh, piss take, pretending I was a big time influencer, saying I had big news coming soon. And then um, it kind of spiralled out of control where I'd be walking down the street. The video went somewhat viral. What do you call viral these days? It had half a million views. Oh, yeah, that's definitely viral. I'd say over 200,000 would be viral. So that's that's serious. And the kind of people that were engaging, like that was being spread all over the country. Like it was the amount of people coming up to me in the street. Oh, you must follow this Alan Clark film. I was like, I knew that lad before he was a big deal. (laughs) Do you know what I found really interesting about the whole thing was how influencers were sharing it. That's why that's how it got so big. I'm in the car having a go at influencers, really. And they all shared it. Every, nearly every influencer in the country. I remember Rachel Gorey shared it one day and I got about 5,000 followers. Yeah, she's fab. But I suppose they could see the humour in it because, like, everything you were saying was on point. Like, it was nailing them and all of my friends are sending it to me going, this is perfect, this is so well done. <laughs> so, like, people do lo- lo- love laughing at themselves when it's well done and it wasn't, so it's like all the stuff you do is not nasty either. You're having the crack. Well, I'd like to think I know where there's a line. Yeah, I'd you know, because what's the point in crossing the line? There's no point in that. But you can't stand over it. Yeah, no, yeah. you have to you know, aim at a general audience, like Peter Kay's humour. You could watch that, his stand-up show with your granny or your kid. You know, like, everyone can kind of relate to that, whereas, yeah. you know, some stuff is just, you'd be cringing watching it with your parents and stuff. 
people were coming up to me in the street saying, what's the big news? What's the big news? And I was like, oh, sure now. Doing the typical Irish thing every now and again. Ah, sure now. <laughs> and then I started thinking to myself, hang on now a second. I need to I need to actually bring out some big news. So then I went into my Instagram analytics and my insights and started looking at my audience and started thinking, what can I sell these? And then everyone was bringing out candles and makeup palettes and leggings. And I was thinking, well, I can't sell any of the above. So what can I do? And then I thought, how about a gin? So the first step was I went to a supermarket and I told a supermarket that I had it produced already, that we had it made. <laughs> and it was just an idea. So I went in and I told him, I've, uh, I've this gin, it's really good stuff. It's premium. It's really high end stuff. And this is how much it's going to be. And do you want to, the, the truth of the matter is, uh, I was talking to the operations director of this big supermarket chain and he told me, basically, get out. <laughs> No word of a lie. So you get that a lot though. <laughs> he said, he said, Alan, you're not going to sell 10 bottles. He said, you're, you've absolutely lost the run of yourself. All your competitors are going to slash their prices for Christmas. They'll be down to 20 euro, 25 euro. He said, you're not going to sell 10 bottles. Get out of my office. So I left very, very <laughs> deflated. But then I was thinking, no, he's wrong. He, he is wrong because I know people will buy it. Exactly. This full-time professional that's doing the job for a living, he hasn't a clue about drink. Whereas me, a lad that barely drinks alcohol, I know what people want. Yeah. What, do you, what do you know about retail? How dare you tell me I won't sell 10 bottles? What do you know? No, but you know from... So, so last January when I done the walk, when I done the walking challenge, yeah. I couldn't get enough hats. Yeah. Right, now fair enough, the hats were only 20 euros. But you know yourself from dipping into different things on, on social media, what works and what doesn't. Oh, totally. And I don't think he appreciated the, the engagement level yeah. that you have. A lot of people don't understand kind of the value of social media and they're only getting into it now. So that's why, no, I totally agreed with you, but it was, you can see it from his point of view too. Absolutely. And I had other little markers done. So basically I teamed up with this company then a few months ago and I... I wasn't getting paid for it, but they did give me a discount code and they told me that they sold 5,000 euros worth of stock that weekend from this discount code. And then afterwards, I was like, right, so um, five grand. Surely, uh, surely I get 10% of that, but I didn't. But I had these little markers done along the way, so I was confident that I would sell more than 10, let's just say. Yeah. I, I was hoping for 400. But why a gin? Like, especially it's not an area like I work with the gin bar. I work in the industry. But for you to come up with like it it is out of left field. Well, it had to be, didn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like because everyone thought it was going to be a dog bed. Everyone thought it was going to be dog clothes or a jacket because I'm affiliated with Port West. So it had to be something completely left to centre. And I went to another distillery on a tour. And it was just we were just passing this distillery. We went on a tour and learned all about it. And I was standing there in the distillery thinking, hang on now a second, what are you doing? You're getting a load of botanicals, you're firing them into that pot, you're boiling them up and you're putting your name on it. Is it that difficult? So It's not overnight oats, you <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the lads in Malfi, Jane and Dingle are listening now and going, what the hell is this line at? Well, it's not difficult for people who know what they're doing is what I'm saying. I didn't go and buy a, a, a pot and put a load of juniper berries in it. So the next step then was, why gin, I suppose? Why gin? Because I wanted to tap into the female audience, but, and from a from a retail point of view, females are more engaging. 
And your analytics as well. No, absolutely. You had yeah. your market research done. Yeah. And it's amazing. The insights you do have on social media do tell you exactly who is watching you and who's listening to you. And you know, no, it made absolute sense. Yeah, they tell you where they're from. So yeah. we, on our Instagram pages, we can tell where they're from, what age they are. And how often they skip through stories. And there's a lot of different analytics yeah. that you can drill down. So, uh, yeah, you had a target audience. And like people are spending fortune on radio or newspaper, different types of ads. And like essentially, you know, influencer marketing and where you had got to, it did. It was the perfect, apart from a makeup palette, which I don't know if you'd pull off. <laughs> I could do it. There's a lot of people. <laughs> so then I thought, right, well, if I am doing it, it needs to be the best. And I don't care how much it is. And that's what, do you know who actually told me that? David Cuddy. Do you follow David Cuddy? Yeah, he's very good. Making Big Bank. So he, I was actually having the crack with him one day about his coffee mugs. And I was thinking, it's 23 euro for a coffee mug. This is ridiculous, David. And he said, I don't care how much it is because I know my coffee mug is the best. And he got that into my brain. I said, right, well, I don't care how much the gin is going to be as long as everyone likes it. And if I can stand over it in January and say, well, 99.9% of people said it was really good gin. Well, then that's all that matters. And... It was never about making money. This small batch wasn't about making money because you have to buy big, huge quantities. You have to buy 10,000 bottles. You have to buy 10,000 labels, everything to get the price down. So this this little project was, I suppose, just to kind of follow on from the big news coming soon. But at the same time, I wanted people to say, Jesus, that was a bit of crack and it was nice. Because it's hard to get the balance between promoting something and still being the entertaining influencer that you are this was the thing that somebody said to me in the distillery back in August how you can go on your stories and tell people I'm bringing out a product and you're going to buy it (laughs) you know that was that's that's where that's where we were at in August and I was thinking oh such such a one sent me um this toothpaste and I'm not going putting it up because I'm waiting for my my product yeah you know because when I bring out my product you're going to buy it and people kind of people I, people appreciate that to a certain extent as well, providing you're not ripping them off or taking the piss. Yeah, you need to be authentic. But like yeah. I remember that Sunday night and there was people messaging me. And if you had brought out, I don't know what, like, as you say, a dog bed or uh, a coffee cup, people were going to buy it anyway. They had yeah. their cards ready. They just want to know what it was so they could buy it. It's mad. Like. You know, there was, you know, people came up to us saying, oh, I was it a gin, I don't drink gin. But like the vast, vast majority would have bought it regardless of what it was. Yeah, people did buy it to support me as well, which was really good. You know, and people were saying, I don't buy it, I don't drink it, but I bought a bottle to have in the house. Thanks for the laughs throughout the year. Yeah. I was in a shop across the road here one day and she said to me, I had the credit card out and I was buying two dog beds. Yeah. And then you launched gin <laughs> and I ended up buying two bottles of gin. And she said, I don't know why I bought them, but I bought them because I thought I was going to buy in dog beds. So that's where the whole idea came from. Then I went to the distillery and I said, who's the best uh, person at making gin and can we make a really, really class gin? And they tried to get this lady over from Germany called Julia Nernai. And she agreed to do it. And she's so busy. Like she was in India the week before. She was in Canada the week after. Like the day after my gin was finished in Ballina, her son Felix flew from Ballina to India to finish off another project that they had in India. Like they're big, big deals, these people. So to have them involved was absolutely huge. And that's where that's what comes back to the the whole, you know, I just wanted it to be the best because I could have had any gin on the shelf in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Anything at all. Fire it up there, throw a load of berries into that and get that on the shelf. But people wouldn't say, you know, we wanted it a very particular way and we, we got that. Because I suppose it it was for you. You must have been awful nervous doing this because it was. If that had come out and it was rubbish or it was tacky or it looked crap, people would be going, "All right, that's him finished." 
But I think the beauty about the beauty about not drinking it yourself or not ha- not being a gin expert yourself is you're leaving it to other people. Yeah. Because even when I was involved in the label design, I was kind of saying, oh, I'd like this and I want this and I want that. But they kept saying to me, Alan, we're not making this label for you. Do you yes. know? Yeah. And I think if I was a gin lover, a gin connoisseur, I'd have too much of an involvement where I left it to the experts. So the expert created in Germany, sent it to a group of of gin you know gin connoisseurs in Ireland and they all selected so they had four samples to choose from and they all selected the same sample oh wow so I think that was better rather than me saying well I like this one yeah exactly uh, this is the one I want <laughs> you know so I left it I left it to the to the group Jesus yeah it's, it's, it's some journey as well though to go from having no news to actually coming up with something and then to see all the different elements of it through but that must give you serious satisfaction from the sales like we could see it on your stories then, and you still made that in an entertaining way which is the great part about the way you still do things it must give you serious satisfaction your man and the, the operations manager in that supermarket I haven't thought about it too much just yet because it was really overwhelming the last six months were really overwhelming and that's just the truth of it Projects like this would have a team, a team for the label, a team for the bottle, a team for the supermarket, a team for the stands. I did everything. So I, I was involved in the, the label, the bottle, the cork, the gin, communicating with Germany, communicating with Ballina, making the stands, bringing the stands to the shop. So just for instance, one night I had no van. Stuart Moyles was doing a gig down in Innescrown, right? I had to go down, set up his gear in Innescrown with him, empty out his van, horse all the gear into the Diamond Coast, empty his van, right? Go then over to the guy who, who, who made the stands for me at nine o'clock on a Friday night, collect the stands, go around to all the supermarkets, deliver the stands and be back in time for Stuart to finish the gig <laughs> at like half twelve or one o'clock. So that's exactly what Monkey 47 are doing. <laughs> And I put up a story that night saying, there's no way Sosumi is driving around the country delivering stands and makeup pallets on a Friday night in time to have the van back to a country music singer in the Diamond Coast and in his groan. Dylan is doing this with Mike Denver all the time. What are you about? And then I pulled in in Ballina and this is how anti-van I am. I didn't even know how to put diesel in the van. I couldn't open the cap. And I was standing there and you know when you stand out in the forecourt and there's that busy place in Ballina there on the right on the way in. And everyone was looking at me and I was like, well, I'm prete- I can't pretend I don't know how to open the thing. And I couldn't open the cap of the van. You had to open the door of the, the passenger door in order to open the cap. But these are just the funny stories. And it was really, you know, the, every day there was something and every day there was a different problem. We had a problem with everything. Name one single aspect of the bottle and the whole project. And I'll tell you the problem, like even the labels. When the labels arrived in Ballina, everything was late. Everything was yeah. weeks late. We had hoped to have this on the shelf the first week of November. We didn't have it in a bottle until the 1st of December. But when the labels arrived down from Fermanagh, they were wound on the spool the wrong way. Right? <laughs> so they go in through a machine and they're put on the bottle. But they were wound for a different machine oh, where the bottles come the opposite way. So they had to go back up to Fermanagh. And get rewound. The labels had to be unwound and so rewound. You had to be unwound. <laughs> oh my god, I was fit to be tied. But anyway, there's there was just headache after headache after headache. But as we said, thank God we pulled it off. But even so, you crashed their website the night it went on sale. Yeah, That's yeah, nuts. And I was talking to the owner of the of Irish Malls just before it went live, and you know he was very excited. And I was trying to get the price down, you know, because it was it's quite expensive. Yeah. Um, the fulfilment is really expensive. Like, the fulfilment of him picking a bottle and sending it out is nearly the same cost as 
as what the liquid is costing in the bottle. You know, that's before the postage. There's another five or six euros on top of that. On the night we launched it, he was there standing by and he said, look, everything's here. And I don't know how these websites work, but you you pay for so much, um, is it bandwidth or something, so that so many people are allowed to be on your website at the same time. That evening, 10 minutes before I launched it, he upgraded his package. He said, look, I better upgrade it another one. Even though we launched such, he named this big brand. We launched theirs there a few weeks ago and there was no, there was no problem and everything was grand. But I'm just going to, I'm going to give it another bit of welly there. And he upgraded it another one. And then it crashed. Yeah. And I was on the Instagram live doing my first Instagram live. All these messages coming in saying the website has crashed, the website has crashed. And I was like, sure couldn't have because your, <laughs> your man's after giving it extra welly. And all these messages coming in. Yeah, I was, I had the two phones going so I was trying to buy it. And I was watching the Instagram live and it has, it has gone down. That was nuts because that other gin that had launched is a huge company with a serious, serious marketing team. Yeah. Like that's incredible. It, like, that just shows you. Like The next day he was calling me the Mayo Rock. <laughs> and I was like, if you, thick. <laughs> I said, if you had seen me, you'd actually call me the Pebble. <laughs> you'd fit me in his pocket. But it is. But yeah. you must have been so relieved. Once, you know, it started selling. But then you had to go to the shops after that, I suppose. At no stage was the relief. An awful lot of people say that to me. Like, you know, there must have been awful relief at this or there must have been awful relief at that. There there was never relief because I still hadn't got it at that stage. So we had sold hundreds of bottles and I didn't have it in my possession. And I was just going, well, the distillery said it'll be on such a date. So hopefully it'll be on such a date. But then, of course, you don't know what you're you're dealing with. Yeah, you're you're depending on somebody not to go sick and... So it came out, like say for example, I bought it on this Sunday. Was it the following Friday or was it that Friday that they were delivered? Were people waiting a week or? They were waiting nearly two weeks. Two weeks, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Friday, it was Friday week out yeah. that came out. Yeah. And then the following week then it was going to the supermarket, which was another three three weeks late, yeah. you know. So we literally had about a week or 10 days in the supermarkets. But back to the supermarket story, I went to Cavanaugh's in Westport and I went to Noel Cavanaugh Jr., and I said, I told him the same idea that I told the operations director from another chain that told me I'd only sell 10 bottles. <laughs> if you're listening, you pray. Um, <laughs> Who was that fellow that wanted you to get to 50,000 or he said he'd deal with you when you got to 50,000? Oh, Finian. Finian, he's on the list. <laughs> well. He's on my list of enemies. That's another story. But Noel Cavanagh Jr. in Westport, I went to him with the same idea, same plan. And he just said to me, Alan, I, I actually don't know, he said. I don't know how many you're going to sell. I have no idea. He said, I do understand that there is a power behind social media. But he said, um, you're welcome to put 300 bottles in my five stores over the Christmas if you want. You know, and I said, mighty, let's do that. You know, so he was really welcoming. And then the other thing was he opened up his shop to me and gave me floor space. Like, can you imagine how valuable that is to the likes of Diageo or any of these huge oh, brands. they're fighting over it. Fighting over yeah. it, where he allowed me to go and get a stand made for the actual floor and put it at a prime location. And, you know, Castlebar, we had such a brilliant spot in Castlebar. Okay. You couldn't just not It makes it. such a difference, because I'm involved with a beer at the moment, and to get shelf space and to stand out, because yeah. there's so many brilliant gins out there. Like, we've over 550 in height. So, like... For your one to be the one that people go in and choose to drink this Christmas and they're yeah. home with their families, like it's a serious achievement. But like to have a stand like that makes such a difference. Like I was in one supermarket and uh, he said to me, <laughs> I said, is there any chance you'd stock this gin? And he said, no, not a chance. He said, I haven't a notion of stocking that. And he dragged me into the off license and he pointed at Graham Norton's stand. He said, see that? See that there? 
And I said, yeah. If he can't sell gin in here, how are you going to sell it? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> so there's loads of stories like that as well. Jeez. There's loads of people that, that kind of didn't think it would work. I brought out a book years ago and my aunt went to buy it in Easton's and Balna and she couldn't see it on the shelf so she was asking for it and your one says why do you want that it's a disgrace <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't obviously say it, it was from my, it was my nephew but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you are at the hands of other people um, it does make such a difference like going into a shop that's receptive how did that come about bringing out a book I used to have a column in the Galway Independent every week every two weeks for years and then when I was writing that I talk about the same topic on the radio that week and I had just this kind of collection so I went I messaged this girl I I started a Twitter account about 10 years ago now called I messaged this girl and I said I'm thinking of bringing out a book and, and she was 400 like, other girls that <laughs> evening and she was like alright yeah sound and uh, she goes what's it about and I says dating and she goes are you him? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she goes, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, leave it with me. So she went to her publisher. Let's come back a second now. So you had um, a profile called The Galway Player. Yeah, on Twitter. And no one uh, knew who it was. Yes. It was you anonymous. hid behind a mask. Yeah. Tell us, how did that start? That started because I was a barman in a pub in Galway City. And you just see people on dates and you go, oh, they're on a first date this couple is fighting he's saying stupid stuff I remember a guy one day sitting at the bar going listen I could be here with any of your friends but I'm here with you tonight and she goes oh I know I know thanks so much what like, you dickhead you utter what is wrong with this is girl? that a fact so, 100% fact I can I can picture the two of them now and like there was all this <clears throat> so then there'd be other funny stuff that you'd be seeing like so you get inspiration so basically every week I used to write about dating how it came about actually was that there was a column in that newspaper about being single and I was like it's really depressing that column so I tweeted them saying you make it out to be really depressing it's good if you're good at it and they said well if you're so smart you can write next week's paper so I wrote an article (laughs) it got a great reaction then I went on iRadio Chris Green messaged me after the show listen we've never got as many complaints will you come on every week (laughs) so I shock radio but it was so and it was the opposite exact opposite to who I am as a person but I used to have so much fun like you go out Ryan Toberty and say Ryan the best way to dump someone is by text (laughs) <laughs> and I'd win the argument and it's so so wrong but I used to love the challenge of going right what I'm saying is absolute scutter it's totally wrong let's see if we can argue this in an intelligent way and win this argument and invariably I would now it was all nonsense what I was saying uh, when you're starting out with these things people are always giving you advice and stuff and I, I remember a journalist one day interviewed me she goes people don't know if you're messing or being real yeah you need to tell everyone needs to know that it's a joke and i was like no that's why it's funny because people are like this lad could be serious or he could be great crack so uh, he's either a dickhead or a funny lad so i used to have awful crack doing it but yeah i know it's just it was a hobby and then after a while i remember saying it to a friend and she was like oh this is after three or four months and she goes see if you get a year of content out of it and then do it because like ne- at no point had I a strategy or a plan with it and it just kept going so then I, I messaged that uh, Tara King and she got onto her publisher he looked at my Twitter account he asked Eason's what do you think with this fellow sell books they said yeah he's good engagement why not and yeah my How book. long did the Galway player last? I would have been in, in like anonymously I think it was over four or five years and how did it come about then that you 
showed your face and showed who you were well see I suppose the joke was kind of wearing thin and I started getting kind of collaborations and you know you'd always go to these events and you couldn't be photographed and <laughs> you know people would invite Jane or you know as, as people were getting to know who I was but I was still wasn't showing my face online you'd be getting sent stuff and I was just about to get a sponsored car and I was like I remember one time I won an award for best male blogger and I was in a photo with So Sumi, Rosanna Davison, the makeup fairy, you know, Miss Makeup, all these massive influencers. And there's this flute and a mask in the middle of it. And I was like, ah, oh, here, I have to stop this. I really? To, yeah, yeah. I know it was embarrassing. But like, it, the other side is, it's the only reason that it was successful. If Kieran O'Malley started a dating blog, no one would have read it or listened to it. Whereas, because everyone ago was trying to figure out who this lad was. And you probably know half the guys that were guests but I was never the one that was being guessed. So this is why, and then when my friends started finding out about it, they were getting great crack out of the fact that you're the one that's saying that about how great you are with women and you wouldn't get yeah. a second look off girls and stuff. So it was, yeah, it was good crack. It just, it came to a natural kind of an end, but then I had a bit of a following and I ended up getting the job in the Connacht Hospitality Group because of the Goal Player Twitter account and stuff like that. I knew then I had moved from the pub into the bank, but I knew... <clears throat> that I was way more interested in marketing and kind of PR than banking because also I couldn't count really <laughs> <laughs> that, that well. So, there's a slight problem there yeah, though. No yeah. good with numbers. Apparently you have to balance yeah. every day in the bank which uh, I, I caused the Ulster Bank thousands in overtime. <laughs> People trying to mess up, clear up my mistakes. So yeah, I got this opportunity to work with the Connacht Group. It was the Pucon initially and Connacht Hotel. And just, you know, it was such... Like, so it was the daftest thing. And I've probably, if I read back on the old blogs and the old articles in the paper from years and years ago, you cringe at them. But it was, like, it was different at the time. And I had never done any writing. So even the process of creating this blog and, and finishing it out was... I enjoyed it. I got a good kick out of it. It just goes to show as well that thinking outside the box really works and that you have to think outside the box in terms of marketing now, don't you? Because if your face was visible from the start, it never would have taken off. Not a chance of it. No, uh, absolutely not. So you have to, exactly. And I see that an awful lot, that people are trying to copy what's working. But like, I always say, and I was saying it to you earlier, you need to know who you're talking to, who your audience is and what you're trying to get out there. So I knew that on social media, Twitter was just about to, it was just starting to get big, that something like this would cause intrigue. And then I used to get trending on nights that, say, like the Rose of Tralee or the Toy Show or Love Hate were on, because you'd be tweeting in my style about that show and people could engage with it and stuff like that. So it was just, but yeah, it taught me so much about marketing, but being different. And I remember there was some quotes on the back of the book as well. What were the quotes on the back? One of them was, and it was a tweet one night I was on the radio, was, this guy makes me embarrassed to be from Galway. Another, <laughs> and you're from Mayo. Another one was, don't buy this book, you're only contributing to his condom fund. <laughs> and then there was a few like, uh, he's, uh, um, he's, he's, a hero, he's a hero and uh, this should be on the national school curriculum in this country. But the fact that you put negative comments on the back of the book in order to sell the book was, was really bold. It was, I suppose you wanted to give people an insight into the book as well. But also, I had always this protection and anything daft, I said, no more than you, I never really crossed the line. It would be very general. And if I had, you know, tweeted on a date with this girl, you were literally out with a friend and you're saying, oh, I'm going to put this up now. Or like, you know, they had said something funny. I said, I'm going to take the mick out of you here. You know, they knew about it. So I never slagged off anyone. I never talked about any girl that I was dating at the time. I was never personal with any of this kind of stuff. But it just, I 
it was, the mask allowed me to be a different person. So when people were tweeting, is this guy drunk or just a dickhead? I was like, oh, that's funny. It's not Kieran they're talking to. It's the Galway player. So I always had this shield. Like, I don't oh, know if yeah. I said it to you before. I got tweets before saying, I hope you die of gum cancer, you horrible, embarrassing. See you next Tuesday. Gum cancer? Yeah. Oh very random God. one. But I was in a crash the following Friday and genuinely the car went spinning. And I remember as I was spinning, that going through my mind. I hope you die of gum cancer. Yeah. And, and then what? it was just such a, such a weird thing. But I, again, I... But did you feel like you were going to die in that? No, but I was just, well, you know, in the few seconds, like it's... Time felt like it slowed down, but yeah. I remember that going through my mind as the car was tumbling. Wow! And it was like, and I don't know why, but it was just a weird because I never took any of this stuff personally. Some of my friends would get annoyed at it or they go back at these people, and yeah. I was like, no point engaging engaging with them because I have a lot of followers, and if I respond to them, then my followers can see this person and they're getting followers, or they know they're getting a kick out of annoying me. Just ignore them. But uh, yeah, it was just that one in particular stuck with me that time was that a changing point then of your life oh not at all no <laughs> no 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 no. Oh, no no I stayed a dickhead after that for another six months and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a nice kind of a dickhead it must have been impossible to find a relationship like who would want to go out with the Galway player and who would want to what woman in her right mind would want to, would go home and say oh, I'm going out with the Galway player ma'am yeah do you want to meet him he's a dick like I did have girlfriends during that and they were all Doubt it. very nice and very normal girls. Can't, can't see it. But, see not everyone knows what the Galway player is. Like they said, like I remember I'd always get these outlads following me and then you'd look at who they're following and it's all GA clubs. So like there's so many people that get introduced to me. I, um, That's ma- fair enough at the start but they would have known then once they got into bed with you they would have known what they're dealing with here. Like. Their mothers. No, the... The person you're dating would have but known. That's, and that's what I'm saying. That they, once they got to know me, they say, oh, he's a nice, normal fellow. <laughs> he just <laughs> oh, says no, daft the, things on the on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> like no, I, no. Once I'm they got to know me, they broke up with me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. before that, things were great. <laughs> but it was because of my personality, <laughs> nothing to do with my Twitter account. <laughs> Actually, they found me better looking with the mask on than uh, with the mask off. Yeah. I, Did you find it difficult? No. Well, I mean, I was single for a lot of the time, but I did have girlfriends during it and they understood the crack of it and they kind of got a, a laugh out of it or, you know, they'd, they'd see you tweeting or whatever. So, you know, they didn't mind it. It was it was a small part of who I was. I had a hobby. I like playing football, but you'd be coming home limping or with a split lip after that more often than not, whereas this other hobby involved going to nice events more often than not and putting up a few tweets. So it wasn't... They, yeah, they got it. They got the joke. So I don't think any of them took it too serious. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. It was just a little introduction into who is Alan Clark and who is Kieran O'Malley, a.k.a. the Galway player. Are you still the Galway player? Not really, just on my car, but hopefully that'll be gone very soon. No, I've changed it to Kieran O'Malley, everywhere else. What's your handle on Instagram? Kieran O'Malley, 81. Were you born in 81? I was, 40. Right. It's all the Botox, so... And do you have a Facebook page? I do, I suppose, Kieran O'Malley... It's a friend page. It's not one of those like pages. Why did you do that face? Just for the listener at home, when I said, do you have a Facebook page, you you, scr- you scrunched up your face. No, I, I have a, I don't think I've changed the Goal Player one to Kieran O'Malley, so okay. I have a 
go with player Facebook page. So the marketing expert who spends <laughs> 60 hours a day keeping everything on brand comes in here with one Facebook page called the Galway Player and an Instagram page called the Karen O'Malley. But isn't that so true, though, because you, you say you never see a mechanic with a good car. See, that's it. Like uh, my business, Alpha Media, has a terrible social media presence, like really, really bad. Because I use mine to kind of test things. I remember one day I put the nine blocks, a photo of myself up as oh, nine blocks. Lost, I, <laughs> lost about 30 followers. Yeah, so. I think I unfollowed you that day as well. <laughs> so like, I'm not doing that for any of the businesses. No. So you'll test out reels and TikToks and stuff on my own pages, but it's all brutal. Well, over the next couple of weeks, we're just going to be doing exactly what we did today, talking a little bit about real life stuff and basically stuff that you'd see on our stories on a daily and a weekly basis, but just kind of go a little bit more in depth into that. Uh, We'll try and have a bit of crack along the way. It is what it is. And if you've enjoyed it, tell a friend. And don't forget, we've got big news coming soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie